Uh, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. Happy Monday. Uh, happy Monday. Mike on the Queen, Mark Hogan. Delighted to be joined uh, with a new face, Jason Hayes. We'll, we'll talk about Jason in a wee second. But uh, happy start to the week. Mark, we're almost another month down in this off-season hell. And the day this goes out, we're like a month away from the draft. Are you excited? I don't call it hell at all. It's the best time of year. Because one, it's exciting. <laughs> and then two, there's less to um, have to be stressed or worried about when you have your job doing something else or whatever. I, I think, honestly, Mike, I absolutely love the off-season. Like, when we get into that month of preseason games in August, I'm like, ah, we're just back to the monotony of watching a game of football each week. You know, that kind of way. It's like, I love what's going on now. There's just such, like, because there's teams, whether, like, who's been following St. Oman? the last couple of weeks this agent who is unofficially an agent and is like messing behind the scenes with Lamar Jackson I think it's funny the whole cracks mental like it's 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 been a good um it's been a good time I, I will say obviously this is pre-recorded but um as of the time of recording the second wave has been a wee bit boring but to spice it up a bit we're, we're delighted to bring in a a new member of the PFI team a guy that's going to be with us from now a uh, all the way during the 2023 NFL season and I've launched myself in with another Cardinals fan which because I, I didn't know any Cardinals fans until about a year and a half ago so uh, J- Jason Hayes Jason um, can I just firstly say for you know obviously a massive welcome uh, to, to this group and to this platform and uh, we're very fortunate to, to have you frankly I think if anybody knows the NFL scene in Ireland both north and south uh, you know for me you're one of the leading voices or one of the leading social accounts on the market so I'm delighted to have you on board and uh, Falsha welcome appreciate it yeah I'm excited to get going now um it's uh you know I really appreciate you reaching out and get, being able to be involved in something like this it's very exciting I've been a fan of the game now for 15 or so years um probably properly following it since the early 2010s and just seeing the growth of the game firsthand from my own perspective. Uh, I had no one to talk to it back then, but nowadays I have a group of 12 friends who will be all diehard fans and following it week in, week out. So it's just cool to witness the growth of the game and now to hopefully be a part of uh, continuing that growth, which you guys uh, is a very exciting prospect. Talk to us a bit about yourself, Jason. Like, obviously, you're a Cardinals fan, and you do talk a lot about the game online. Um, what's that journey been like? Go to sort sort of coming into the NFL in recent years. Well, yeah, as a Cardinals fan, it's been pretty tragic recently. Um, or since I started following, to be honest, you know, I, I probably started following um, kind of 2007 ish. Just happened to get a Cardinals jersey as a gift, so I said, okay, I'll run with them as my team. So I was probably fooled then in 20, 2008 when they reached the Super Bowl. Many down years since then, and I've become a bit pessimistic and, um, you know, with what's come out through the last year now, it's it's, it's kind of clear to see why the team has struggled so much uh, with Michael Bidwell leading the way and um, all the mess that goes on behind the scenes in that way. But just in terms of actually following the game as a whole, my brother would be the first person that got me into it. Um, he's slightly older than me and I used to not be able to stand the game all the ad breaks all the you know all the things normal people uh, the usual things people would say when, when they uh, don't like the sport but just being exposed to it over the years learning the rules slowly which it is a slow process to pick I think I'm still learning new rules every week um, but now I just can't picture 
my life without following this sport. Like it's just really engrossed me. You're obviously a Cork man as well, and uh, a lot of Cork NFL heads at the minute. And obviously, uh, trying to think, Mark, we had to say if there was an NFL team that was Cork, like the county of Cork. I mean, you could say maybe the Cardinals, because obviously around that time, what was it? Was it 2010? Cork won the won the double, basically. I I I know the Cardinals didn't win in in a way. Or said it was but, the. Uh, I'd say um, it, it, we, it, we well, better attach us to a more successful franchise than that. No, anyway. maybe, Cork maybe like to me is definitely the Dallas Cowboys. They are an Cowboys, absolutely yeah, massive name, but it's been a while since they won anything. Yeah, I like that one. I was going to say the Steelers for the same reasons, but we'll go with Cowboys. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, before we get into this conversation, I, I have to say, and I've had this conversation on many different podcasts recently for some strange reason, I, I need to get down to Cork, um, whether that be on an NFL Sunday or something this year. So folks, if you are listening to this from way down, uh, down in Cork, you know, for me, it's 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 a long way for a true man to go, but I will definitely come down this season and have a bit of crack. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, Jason, just uh, you're talking there very briefly about, you know, you, your experience and your journey covering the league. Uh, how impressed have you been with just like the growth of the game here? We, we, we've obviously got college games. I think the next step is an NFL game eventually. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, the more the better. Um, I haven't been lucky enough now to get over to, to Germany last year. I, that looked like great crack. Um, but just the more games we can bring over to Europe, the better. Um, I plan on going to a few this year now. I've actually been living in Toronto myself this past year. So it's been interesting also to to experience the game on a normal time zone. Um, but uh, you can see that even talking to some people over here in, in, in the Baron or whatnot, they're aware that there's a growing following over there. Before you are met with shock when you say, I'm an Irish fan and I watch the NFL. Uh, but now it seems to just be a, a normal thing, even in the eyes of Americans and Canadians. So uh, from both sides of the pond, I think it's growing over on our side. But the awareness that there's a market over here is growing on this side as well. It's definitely a good crack. And like, look, we'll talk about this all throughout the year and hopefully please go on longer. But uh, great to have you on board. And I, I look forward to visiting Cork and various areas, Clonakilty. Etc. At some point, uh, at some point this year, I hear there's a wool shed mark in Cork as well, so I got to get down to that. Um, the reason we're putting this out today is so today is the NFL owners meetings, the start in Phoenix and Arizona. Ironically, I wonder are they having it in that same conference center? Mark, maybe Jerry Jones has got his own like floor or something. No, they have um, it in the. Is it called the? Oh, it's in the hotel that um a lot of the media stayed in. They usually have it in the Sheraton Hotel. But that's ah. from, from what I I, oh, I seem to a, read that's that. Just road, that one. That's the big fancy. Yeah, so one, it must so actually be in there. We'll have to get on to our friend Jimmy Colton, the bar owner, to see the spot. <laughs> you know what what your man was doing with Aaron Rodgers? He was um sitting next to whoever was involved, listening in conversations at um at lunches and dinners. So maybe Jimmy Colton can be our eyes on the ground this week. Basically, and yeah, obviously, big, big, big shout out to Jimmy as well. That was God. That seems like a lifetime ago now. Just that week in Phoenix and that, that week in Arizona. But then um, we're gonna have a bit of crack, and I think we're gonna do this on both podcasts that us lads are on this week, and even the podcast I'm on with Michaela this week. Just search Pro Football Ireland, folks, to listen, and <laughs> um, or you can you can watch on YouTube as well. What are you laughing at? What's up? I'm just I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking of the 32 owners that. That room was absolutely massive for that conference center. They don't need that conference center <laughs> to host the 32 owners. Is it like the Simpsons when they have, is it, was, it like the, like they're like, 
what, what was that again? The Simpsons where they're all dressed up and they're like this underground um, cult almost. Oh, the stone oh yeah, the Stone Masons. Stone, stone Cutters, wasn't it? Stone, stone cutters. cutters, I think. Stone yeah. Cutters, Stone Cutters. <laughs> oh, God, we do, we do. And Anyway, what we're going to do is we're going <laughs> to go around each of us. I mean, I think a couple or, you know, if we can, two or three times, and we're going to come up with some maybe serious or in my case non-serious suggestions that we that they should be talking about this week at the owners meeting um mark you know dirt before the brush as they say i'm joking do you want to go first mate <laughs> I, su- I suppose i think there's going to be a few joke ones in here so or not even joke ones but some that you know we might have seen in other leagues or definitely ones that might have might already be out there but one when i was kind of running the exercise through my own head i was thinking about the salary cap issues that seem to be there each year and particularly with running backs at the moment that they don't seem to get paid so i would love for maybe drama's sake but because this nflpa loves to always intervene and to get more of a more voice it's why don't we turn the salary cap over to the nflpa bit and they have to kind of assign tier tiers i guess is the best way of describing it positional spending so oh you have to cap your quarterback spending at maybe 45 million a year you have to give more money to the running backs etc work through the team because maybe we're going to talk about this over the next month i think that the wide receiver spending is going to kind of stagnate a little bit because and forgive me if i said this before and i'm definitely going to say it again but i think the success of last year's draft shows that wide receivers can be had almost as easily as running back not not as easy as running backs but like you can get and teams are now angling to wait for the draft for a, a number one wide receiver but then at the same time this wide receivers that are getting paid twice as much per year as the best running back in the league you know josh jacobs what's he on ten and a half million this year so i love the nflpa in came in i i feel like i'd be waiting for the crop report at the end of trading places and um, what each day when that thing comes out the tv media event for how they've divvied up the funds for each year but uh, it might then you know escalate the pay of say what just happened with cj gardner johnson that although he plays a safety he wanted to be considered as a cornerback just because that title in itself will get you paid more. Um, it might be a bit too communist for the NFL, a capitalist country like America. But uh, yeah, I thought that would be dramatic and a bit fun. Jason, I think what Mark said there is really good. And, and, you, and you could almost do what, you, what some teams do. They could make whispers about it this year, make sort of higher whispers about it next year. And then maybe by 2027, they could, they could try and bring this in. Um I don't think it's too communist, and I never thought I said that on the podcast. Uh, have you any opinions on this, Jason? Uh, I th- I think the NFL always moves in waves, and it's really what the league sees as more valuable at each year and each point that determines how much money is being thrown at these positions. And it's interesting to see how that's always changing. As Mark said, we're seeing wide receivers now being traded for pittance. Even Jalen Ramsey was traded for less than you might expect a few years ago. Um, and now just looking at a team like the Eagles last year who focused on the trenches that's probably going to be the next wave now we're going to everyone's going to go back to the offensive and defensive lines in terms of what's uh, drawing the most money so with the market ever changing like that I think uh, communist is a strong word but an approach like that might be difficult to upkeep and maintain and I can only imagine the arguments in the Players Association meeting um, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers on one side of the table demanding more for the the quarterbacks and 
but you know, it, it has a few few <laughs> irons to be uh, flaws to be ironed out. I think. Do, do you know what? I, I, that's definitely the kind of drama that I want because everyone is suddenly involved with the NFLPA and maybe they start to um, do a bit more battling themselves in the room versus in the media because it comes out like that the whole time. But I will, when you're talking there, I have to piggyback on my own idea almost. And can we also clear up, that would be the best rule of all, if we could clear up how the salary cap works because no one has any idea what the difference between a fully guaranteed 50 million and a total guarantee 60 million contract, even though it could be the same player. I, You know, the likes of ourselves, when you mentioned the Eagles there, Jason, how did they bring back the names that they did this year? How did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bring back the names that they did this year? Like, it's, it seems some teams are absolutely broke. That I don't know how these teams are supposedly paying the same amount of money year in year. In year. It's it's like when you go to the checkout on, on a website when you're buying something and you find all these discount codes and you start putting them in and eventually you've got like a like a bit, bit of a discount that you wouldn't have got online. It's back in the day whenever I was getting the bus from uh, from Belfast to Dungannon from uni and there was basically like a student discount link. But then you could use that discount link for Domino's and you get an extra fiber off. So it's like, like yeah, I know I'm just sprouting stuff here now but like it's it's going through certain ways i mean i i was looking at like the bucks how and you're writing what you're saying how the bucks have got some guys over the line there is an absolute disgrace like i, I don't know jason have you any secrecy in terms of how maybe the cardinals would work their cap or any secret sauce in terms of that uh look as as far as the nfl goes the salary cap is something i don't understand and i think it's just too much work to even try and understand so that's one of the things i just leave to the side in, in, in all of this um, but I, I think more clarity, like the every the everyday fan, like like me, yeah, has no idea how it works. So, Mark, I think you're onto something there. But just having more clarity, maybe when the contract is signed, there's less of this reworking and moving to different years and stuff like that. It's just, it's not. There's no point in even trying to follow it. The Saints are the obvious example. They come in every year about a hundred million over the cap, and then they get away somewhat scot free. All other team is progressively getting worse. Um, I've been impressed with how my team as in the Broncos have operated so far in financially I don't know how they've got that, that many players over the line especially in the highest positions of need that they needed uh, to get over the line and the players knew that when they were negotiating uh, Jason give us your epiphany moment for this meters or for this meeting for this NFL owners meeting week <laughs> okay so uh, I have a bit of a wacky one but I'll go with the normal one first um, I don't recall a year where there was so much talk of conspiracy theories and league is rigged, games are rigged, refs are paid and all this. Um, and it's just like clearly not true, but easy way for the NFL to try and fix that is to create more transparency between the viewers and the refs into what goes into their decision-making processes, whether those decisions are good or bad, at least hear their thought process into how they're making them. So, you know, you'll see the NFL is huddling on television. It could take five minutes watching a ref in a huddle. Don't know what they're discussing. So, mic up the refs. Let us hear what's going on in those discussions. Very much like how they do it in rugby, um, where you can hear the ref talking. Maybe not don't have the mic on all the time, because you might pick up a bit a few dodgy dodgy words during the plays. But um, when they're in those huddles and when they're making their decisions and discussing it amongst each other, give the viewer some transparency as to what's going on. The same when they're going to the boot. You know, as I said, in rugby, you have the conversation with the TMO. It's all very clear. You know exactly what's going on. Right now, the NFL runs the 
the the ref would run to the sideline and he's talking to New York, whatever that means. That's all we know. He's talking to New York. New York is telling him what the right call is. So just give us the the audio of what's happening and how refs make a decision, make it more transparent, and silence all these conspiracy theorists um, with the NFL being rigged. I fully agree with that, Mark. I think what Jason says are spot on. I think you could find a way where, yes, I, I think guys like Dean Blandino, Gene Steratore are good at what they do and they, they do add something to a broadcast. But if you can actually get the information from the horse's mouth when you want to hear it, like think back to did Des catch it back years ago in Lambo? Imagine we had like the ref, like the ref, you, and you could hear him the whole time. And this, this is the problem is to, to take a break whereas we might not have that break and yes we're you know beneficial that we have the discussion points in the studio with analysts but it would take it to the next level wouldn't it yeah it was arian foster former running back that started this whole conversation of it being rigged and it probably went okay um <laughs> without getting sarcastic myself and saying that it is rigged i i like the idea i i think it brings more to it as well because one of my points that I, I might as well just throw in now is that i would have ref the mic or camera put cameras on the referees I don't know how that sentence was about to come out but to put the because like that there's a problem I, I I'm just trying to google here wasn't it about a couple of months six weeks ago uh there was demands at the end of the season to microphone all the players up and some of the players push back and they say no because one we don't want you know what we're talking about team internally wise and second of all like I get pretty aggressive out there like it's I'm saying some disrespectful things sometimes to hype it or to roil an opponent up. I don't want that picked up. Um, so that's kind of the what's levied against a rule like that coming in, ridiculous as it is, they, like the refs should be mic'd up. But I think you could throw a camera on them because even if we don't know what their decision is, they could we could certainly say, okay, he didn't see it or come on, give me a break. That was literally right under him. And it has been executed in other sports. Um, for rugby, for instance, like we saw it, in the last game, the Six Nations against Ireland, there was a tackle that went in. And you know how the TMO talks constantly to the referee on the and you can see that they're talking and the audio is available of that, I suppose, to media partners or after the game. That it, I mean, soccer has obviously made a bad example with VAR of how games have to stop, obviously, but um, there's definitely more instant communication than that in the year 2023. That, yeah, microphones for referees, and it's not too crazy, right? I mean, there's plenty of money going around, so that I definitely agree. You know, they they have enough to find a few mics. I mean, if we can afford a few mics, I'm sure these boys can afford a few mics also. Um, right. I think yous have both given really good ones, right? Um, and this is where it probably goes downhill, and I'm only giving my first one. Do you remember whenever COVID happened and in the Champions League? They couldn't obviously get it finished, so they thought, right, what we'll do is we'll put it in one stadium, and they started from the quarterfinals onwards. Um, I have to say, like, I know you couldn't have fans that year, and it was an awful time, but I enjoyed that it was almost like a festival of football, of soccer, obviously, um, or football, as some people want to call it on this podcast. Um, obviously, the awful situation that happened this year with Damar Hamlin, where there was that possibility for a neutral side championship game. I think the NFL should move it to Vegas or somewhere on the Saturday and the Sunday before the two-week period before the Super Bowl and have a neutral side conference game on the Saturday and on the Sunday each season. It's a moneymaker for the NFL because at the end of the day, you're one game away from the Super Bowl. Teams like the Bills, 
for example, that have not been to a Super Bowl and won it. They've been close, but they haven't got there. Like, fans of teams are willing to spend hundreds of dollars for a ticket. Why not take it to the max level and turn it into a festival of football? And then you could also fire something else into the equation, which I'll bring up maybe later on in this podcast. But I love the idea. And I'm I'm certainly not going to sit here and apologize for it. I, I think um, I should probably watch what I say here now. The, the, you know, the Bills, it, it would have been interesting to see if they got through that Cincinnati game. And obviously it was awful. It didn't for obvious reasons. And thank God that DeMar Hamlin is now looking like he's making a very good recovery. And we wish him the continued best switches on, on this podcast. I'd have been interested to see how far Buffalo would have went if they got through Cincinnati that night. Um, and I think it takes away any home situation and I, I I can imagine now that the first response is going to be well then who cares about seeding well I still think you know you still have to play at least one home game to get there I think you put every team in the wild card and the only benefit now is if you are of a higher seed you've got a home game for two weeks and then if you get to a championship you've got a neutral game winner goes to the Super Bowl I think it'd be mad crack do you think a mad mark I don't know who benefits other than the 60,000 fans to get to go and spend a lot of their money. Like as a fan watching on TV, it makes no difference to me where it is. It's actually better if there's a home field advantage because like if it's in Arrowhead, like, you know, it's going to be loud. And separate to that, the week before the Super Bowl was an absolute paradise for me going over. And I think it almost should be reserved that fan experience for the big game. Now, separate to that, there is definitely a lull after the Super Bowl, just like if you're, you know, week in, week out over here, go to, say, the GAA during the summer, and after the game, you're kind of like, well, what do I do now with my life? So maybe from that point of view, it'd be nice to have kind of like you're saying, kind of like semifinals that are new, neutral venues, and then people are going to hang around for an extra few days. But um, I don't think you can get a week of football across the line because tickets have to be bought so instantly. But also, like I said, I, I just think reserve that week of absolute yeah euphoric scenes for the super bowl winning teams because you know otherwise it's just too diluted everyone gets to have that slice of paradise jason i completely get what mark's saying i will say though that we've seen the demand for tickets for that potential neutral game this year and it was supposed to be in atlanta and i I think the nfl will look at that and try and do something is all i'm going to say something well, you're, you'd fit right in in the owner's meeting anyway because you're thinking like an owner here with making more money. Um, but I'm going to think as a fan and say I don't like the idea. I think um, I, I do think that having home field advantage is a big deal in the playoffs, especially in the championship game. And if you've come out on top of the entire conference in the regular season, then um, you'd, you fully deserve to have that advantage. Um, I would fear as well I know you'd have, as you say, you'd have the home team for the home ground for two games and then not for the championship game. But um, I, I'd fear how much value teams place in that and whether we would see the, the regular season lose a bit of the competitive edge down the stretch if a team has secured um, the playoffs early and has decided, OK, it's not worth the risk for, um, you know, whether we're home or away against a, a wildcard team, especially if it could be like a seventh seed for whatever it is. Um, I don't know, is that worth it uh, in terms of injuries and that? So I'd very much keep it the way it is in that regard. <laughs> Let, let's see what happens. Um, it'd be funny if this actually was brought up 
this week whenever we talked about this. Oh, I, 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 I think they would keep the uh, I think they'd keep that under wraps because it's an absolute money grab. But I do think it's going to happen, especially like you said, the the ticket sales this year show that it will happen. Um, they have they have all the metrics that they need now to bring it in over. It'll have to wait, I'd imagine. It'll surely have to wait another what um, seven years until the next uh, NFLPA. Uh, the collective yeah. bargaining agreement comes up but i think yeah in 10 years time you're going to um you're going to honolulu for the sc championship game <laughs> i think you've um i think you've accidentally made a, a much bigger change there michael um did you say you want everyone in the wild card which would that mean yeah, we're I, I, extra I, team? I think it was more the sense of you know hypothetically if you were to get through his number one seed and then you miss a wild card and then you play a divisional at home i just think well Teams, well, I, I, it's hard. Like I, I've I've contradicted myself around here. I don't see like I like the way that it was personally before they brought the extra team into the wild card. I think it's almost been taken away a bit personally, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, and I probably just critiqued myself. Hold on, do we have do do we have time to go through another point each year? Yeah, I I feel like these ones are going to be a bit quicker. I mean, I've already made half the point of my next one. I love to make everything reviewable. That is something that's frustrated me. Like everything. Like yeah, everything. Like, but, but like I said, it can be going on the whole time because, like, I mean, I've worked in media for a number of years. I see how fast stuff happens behind the scene. Like I've been in one of the galleries for like say a soccer match when. It, the owner should be on the um, NFL to put the cameras in. It shouldn't be just that you have a primetime game and because there's so many extra cameras, like that's why they say come the playoffs, no call is missed because there's so many. Ca- it shouldn't be just on them. It should, but the NFL is such a billion dollar industry that they should be putting in the 15 cameras or whatever for the viewing experience and certainly to have them available to referees because when you have that number of cameras and they're tracking certain guys in particular or certain you know tracking the ball etc they they can definitely get more calls right and it can be done out that we don't know that the review is going on it's a bit like the rugby that i mentioned earlier on that it can be going on and as long as the call gets in before the ball is snapped let's go because it's it's frustrating that they're saying oh we're not we don't want to do holding anymore because it's taken up too much time. And it's like, don't take up us our time as a fan. But yeah, sure, there's jobs behind the scene that can be done. You're too rich not to to be. It's an excuse in this day and age. Completely agree. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think. Um, well, yeah, my biggest concern would be slowing the game down. But as you said, if they can implement that in a way where we don't know what's even happening and they aren't pausing the game and taking a timeout and reviewing on the sideline, then why not? Why not have as many people in the refs' ears as as possible watching different things? Fully agree. I like it. I would just say, hypothetically, if somebody flew the ball 30 yards down the field and it was the first down, first and goal, and by the time and it's all happening in the background, they run that they, they know how to play the rules basically. I don't know, Dak Prescott, for example, runs down the field and they get the snap off. If they get to third and goal at the half yard line, can they then turn it back and be like, hold on, there's no, something once, down? I would say once the ball is gone, but this is the exact thing that like can exist today that oh it's too it's too tricky to make change this game defining play, you know, that kind of way. Like if we had full confidence in the referees, we don't need a week of James Bradbury hearing about it, oh, did he or did he not hold in the Super Bowl, you know, because 
I, I, I actually think that is always going to be there's always the biggest play is always talked about or the biggest refereeing decision is always talked about. So doesn't matter how good the referees get, we'll still complain about them. So I guess there's no way out of it. But those kind of points of contention that drag on a whole week, they just irk me, I guess. Well, there was multiple things in the Super Bowl that could have been talked about or looked at. So I, I, I fully agree. And yeah, I there think was it's calls, very calls. Um, AJ Brown had one, and uh, the tight end for Philadelphia had another one that looked very, you know, on the edges. The first one didn't go their way, and the second one did go their way. So I, I had said, no matter what order those events happened in, the last one was always going to be the one that was discussed. And I think case in point was this year. Jason, have you got a final owners marker to put down here? Yeah, so I, I tried to get a bit creative with this one, and I'm sure there's many, many negative implications of this change, but I'm just thinking of the positive here. So um, I'm proposing that on third down, field goals are worth three points, and on fourth down, it drops to two points. So you're left in a kind of situation there where teams are left to decide, okay, are we going to chance our arm? And go for it. And if we don't have it on fourth, then we're losing a point. Or we could, uh, might encourage us to go for it again on fourth down then. Or are we going to settle? Maybe we were sacked on second down and we want to take the three points now when they're still available on third down. I think two positives that can come from it. And as I said, there's probably many negatives. But it's going to encourage more teams to go for it on fourth down if a field goal is only worth two points. We're seeing the trend already where teams are passing up on field goals to try and go for them fourth down. So um you can only make things more exciting in that regard if we're encouraging them to skip that field goal again. Um, but it will also cause teams to be more aggressive on first and second down, and they'll be looking to try and convert sooner. Um, so they have to avoid that decision altogether. So we might see more aggressive passing and deep shots and stuff like that. So what do we think? That could completely just... change the NFL because it changes, like you're saying, people's approach. I would do, I would sign up for it. I like that idea a lot. I'd sign up for it for quarters one to three, and then something has to be figured out about the four quarters so it's not burning clock the whole time, but otherwise I'm on it. Two elements for me. Uh, could we get four points in second down for the crack? And could we have a limit on the amount of times you can go for it in fourth down just to piss off Brandon Steely? I think that would be a good uh, a good. <laughs> Safe to marry you around. Uh, you were saying there that, that was going to get a lot of like night. I got, I think that's a really, really good idea because my last one is going to really piss people off. Um, I think instead of the Pro Bowl, we should have the 31st against the 32nd for the first pick in the NFL draft. And before anybody goes, well, the players aren't going to want to play because it's going to impact their career. You could give them bonuses for things that happen in the game. Um, you could make it a two or three week preview events. Um, I don't know how you would do that. I'm just hypothetically saying right now, but I would make it a big deal because I, and I hope the NFL aren't watching this 32 minutes in, but I couldn't care less about the Pro Bowl the way it is at the minute, unfortunately. I had the chance to go this year and I didn't go because I, I just don't get, like, like I was sitting watching it and I was like, this is not, like, I get it's for a younger demographic, but if you want to do something different, like for example, in the way, like for example, GA has got what? The National League, right? Uh, rugby here has got obviously a domestic or sort of sort of domestic league with then cup competitions so with soccer it's hard in the NFL to have a different trophy that would be but that would be a bit less than the Lombardi and the only way that you could really do something like that is just have that one-off game um, and you're I, obviously going to have years where 
the number one pick means a lot more because this could be like a generational talent. And of course, that game would then be a lot better. Imagine you have one for Trevor Lawrence or Hell back in the day for, for Peyton Manning or someone, right? I just think it would be great crack. And it would keep imagine, people talking. Imagine being the starting quarterback trying to win a game when you know the reason they want oh. to win is to draft uh, Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence or... <laughs> It I think be, I, it would, instantly I'd have more interest in watching a game like that than the Pro Bowl um, but there's definitely in terms of actually implementing it I think there's a few challenges there for sure oh the quarterback thing's hilarious like it might just, just run the ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 see the Pro Bowl to me is watching the Pro-Am before the Masters like you know you don't do it I don't know who's playing in the Pro-Am it's cool if you're there for a fan because you get to see certain people but there's no point to it so I think they have to change it I it's frustrating because I, I did want to, I've been thinking about this for a fix up for the Pro Bowl for a couple of years now, but it was featured on the Around the NFL podcast recently, so I didn't want to talk about it here, but I, I wish it was regional. I wish that it was the, you didn't play for the AFC or the NFC, but you played for maybe Texas or California, one of those like, you know, because a lot of players like those um states around Georgia, those Louisianas. Uh, have a lot of players playing in the NFL. I think that would give a bit more kind of a World Cup vibe to it, like if it was broken down into four teams or whatever. But then you don't go as a pro bowler. You'd probably go because you're, you know, it, it's not that you get there based on your play anymore. It's you get there based off there's coaches from those areas that pick players. Fair enough. Are we any final comments to make on this? I, I will make a very brief one, which requires no comeback from anyone unless you really want to go into it. But um, there's plenty of money in this. In, in this league there's billions of dollars in this league um, I would just say that from being at that Vikings game last year and seeing that horrible injury and seeing the report that come out that teams will, should either have to play on real grass or artificial turf and at the minute it's like I, I researched this this week it's like a 50-50 split in terms of uh, grass and turf and like this is a boring rule I, I do sound like an owner here now Um Maybe having Barry's tea in every press box, but that that would be about it for me. Lads, just gonna leave it. That turf thing is a whole other conversation because everyone's saying that they need to get off turf, and then Arizona this year in the Super Bowl absolutely ruined the argument for real grass, which came out of nowhere. It was so left the field, but um, yeah. The, <laughs> hey, maybe those owner meters get a bit of fun because I I wonder which owners we'd we'd be. I feel like Jeffrey Lurie from the Eagles is one that comes up with these wacky but smart um smart rules. So I feel like we're a bunch of Jeffrey Lurie's. Take that as a compliment. <laughs> I, I hope that somebody sitting there next week, <clears throat> Mr. Rooney or anyone, is talking about Ireland and obviously making sure that we have a game at some point in the next 50 years. That would be great. But um, I guess that's it for now. You can follow us on uh, on all forms of social media. Obviously, if you're watching this on the video network on YouTube or on Twitter, please do give us a follow at NFL Ireland. We're going to be giving away stuff all week. Well, actually, for the next month, draft stuff. So please do follow us. But more importantly, to actually be able to have a chance of winning a prize, you need to follow our podcast. Just search Pro Football Ireland. Uh, I'll speak to you lads soon. Good morning,